Eden, I'm in a pickle. I love the show and I want to support it, but I just don't think there's a way to. Campbell, get out of that pickle and get into Patreon. Oh, yes. So are you talking about the Patreon that we run that has an entire bonus podcast called Casting Calls? That little ditty, Cambo. Oh, my God. So if you wanted to support the show, maybe you could come join us over on Patreon. Hello and welcome to Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Campbell. And joining me, as always, is actor and comedian, Mr. Eden Paul. Thank you very much for having me, Campbell. But of course, we're not alone, are we? Because joining us again this week is the writer of this project, Michael Gillier. Amazing. We're going to be hearing from him throughout the episode, and ultimately he will explain to us what happened. What? Oh, great. But... This is part two of our report. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do that first. Get out of here. Make sure you listen to that. But if you need a quick reminder, here's a little recap. Uh, Hi, I'm Michael Gillio, and I wrote Justice League Dark. Reanimate a dead body, take him for a little spin so we can get past the security guards at his penthouse suite. Use his hand as the key to the safe where the books of magic are stashed. Save the world, blah, 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 and then we're all done. So, who else is in our little crew? So... Woodrow, his transformation continues. He finds Abby, and he tells her that Alec Holland has something that he needs. Hi, Zatanna. And even the old walking salad has joined the team. Swamp Thing, you were able to convince Alec. Yeah, not yet. But... Well, good luck to you, John. Woodrow begins to transform into something plant-based. The pair now have Abby strapped to a chair. She's half-conscious and drugged in Woodrow's laboratory. Orange eye pops open. Swamp Thing's coming. Now, let's get back into the film. So, something I was interested in with this project is these are really unique DC characters. And to me, this this feels like what the Suicide Squad should have been. Yeah. Right, yeah, it does. I was thinking, I'm getting, I'm getting shades of Suicide Squad yeah. during it in terms of the Motley Crew being thrown yes. together, sort of stuff. Yeah, but unlike Suicide Squad, not a nightmare, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that's a waking true. nightmare. No, yeah, correct of, correct. of of songs being played that are big commercial hits that Video you might like and clips. overlays of, of re-editing stats. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that, like, I. I get the vibe that this is what Suicide Squad was kind of meant to be. Characters you might not be familiar with. You're learning about them. They're really interesting. I did ask Michael about this particular team and and how it came together and his thoughts on it. Uh, At some point in moving forward, I lit upon the idea of the Wizard of Oz. And and so it was kind of like, here we have a, a band of characters, all individual characters that are kind of haunted and trying to uh, figure out their lives on their own, and these characters had a deficit. You know, they're all they're all incomplete in some way. And like the Wizard of Oz, they think, well, the answer is the books of the books of magic. You know, if we can just get the books of magic, and uh, we will all be complete again. You know, a uh, dead man will become human again, and same with uh, Swamp Thing. Satana will be reunited with her father, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So this was the idea. And I think, of course, obviously what they learn is, is that they are whole as a team, you know, not as individuals and that the books of magic really did nothing for them, you know, (laughs) right, right. In the same way that the wizard did nothing for Dorothy and her gang. So I think that was, we lit on that idea and and went forward with that. And I think this, the, the characters that we have just seemed to fit that model better. Um, they all had a piece missing. They all had a piece missing that, that yeah, exactly, that going on this journey would, would somehow make them whole. Cambo, would you say that the real magic was the friends we made along the way? No. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> My mistake, Cambo. I'd never say that. And you know that. <laughs> I'm actually offended. You think okay. Okay. I'd say that. Okay, I would say that. I would oh, say that. Yeah. You'd every say that day. All day. I actually say that most of the You've time. You've got it tattooed across your, <laughs> your back. <laughs> uh, there's a member of the Justice League Dark we've yet to meet, isn't there? Hang on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dead Man's there. Something's yep. there. Something's there. Uh, John Constantine's there. Who are we missing? 
well. We see a very posh man enter a morgue. And this posh man, he meets a detective. Detective seems a bit off and an orderly. And he's looking over the corpse of Carl Carnahan. Death by swordfish. He was just brought in today. Unnatural cause, I suspect. Can you identify the body? Mr. Carl Carnahan, yes. Friend of yours. A business associate. Oh yeah? What kind of business? Am I under investigation, detective? Just curious. Mr. Carnahan was an antique book dealer. He was mixed up in some pretty wacko stuff. The occult, Satanism. Are you familiar with demonology, Mr... I will incur all funeral expenses. Bill me at that address. Jason Blood. Quite a name you got there, pal. It's an ancient name. And your accent, what is it? English? Norwich. Norwich? Nickers off when I really come out of Norwich. Christ! No. Happy to see you too, mate. This is me partner, Boston Brand. We're not partners. What on earth are you doing here? What is the meaning of this? Let's get down to taxi. The books are magic. Do you have the key to the safe where the books are stashed? What do you want, John? I don't have time for any of your con jobs. You're looking at the bright new team that's going to save the world. (laughs) You! Save the world? We could use a smart man like you, Jason Blood. Someone who knows all about the books, how to read them. If the world needs saving, uh, call Dr. Fate. The Shadow Pact. That's what I said. Never mind saving the world. You want the books for your own purposes, don't you? Why? My answer is no. You remember the last time we did business together? The Voynich Grimoire, I remember. It was a total forgery. Oh. How much do I owe you then? One million dollars, John. I paid you one million bloody dollars, remember? You take a check. What was that? We have to get out of here. Why? What's going on? There's a demonic spirit presence. It's hungry. Hungry for power. And it's angry. Angry at you. We've now met the final member of the Justice League, Doug, Jason Blood. Second shout-out. Dr. Dr. Fate. Fate. I know, yeah. Dr. Fate's getting all the shout-outs, yeah, mate. Yeah. Dr. Fate, famously from Black Adam. Yes, he did finally make his appearance <laughs> for better or much, much more worse. likely for worse in uh, Black Adam. Uh, yeah, yeah, he uh, he gets quite a few shout-outs in this script. I love there's quite a few, the Shadow Pack to get a shout-out as well, yep. quite a few great, like, obscure DC references yeah, in here. It's fantastic. So, flickering happening. Oh, this is good. And who should appear? Buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, oh Clarion. Buzz, buzz. And he's actually using his... The, the flies are coming off him, and they're actually going into the corpses of the dead bodies Ugh. in the morgue, and they're animating them to life. So he's kind of oh, starting to cool. control all these dead bodies Necro- in the corpse. Necromancer style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dead man, uh, he's now in possession of Carnahan's body. He jumps into the dead body of Carl oh. Carnahan, and he and John are surrounded by Clarions. They call them flesh puppets. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is very cool. <laughs> Constantine tries to conjure an escape portal using a talisman that he has. Yeah, he's always got like trinkets yeah, yeah. and things like that that so have special It's, it's an powers. orb talisman yeah, that yeah. he pulls out of his coat. And he tries to spell, but it doesn't it work. Like a piece of junk. He puts it back. <laughs> it never, this thing never seems to work for him. Constantine pleads with Jason, please turn into Etrigan. He yeah. will get us out of this situation. We need the demon. And all the fluorescent lights shatter, raining down glass upon the demon Etrigan. Oh, yeah, good. A giant, hulking, muscular, thin-eared, canary-yellow-haired horns touching the ceiling is a huge demon. It describes him with feline eyes glowing red, and he searches the morgue room, and he sees all the corpse creatures 
kind of like insects to him. And he starts swatting them from all angles. And he, he hulks out. Yeah, he hulks out, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah. The demon grabs one of the flesh puppets and he starts using him like a bat. He's just smashing other ones. The other ones. We see the demon, uh, he's ripping limbs off the enemies, like uh, limbs off a butterfly. And uh, a maddening, buzzing swarm of them kind of cover Etrigon and he starts firing fire from his mouth, igniting the whole morgue up. The remaining corpses are all suddenly on fire. The demon returns now to human form, to Jason Blood. He asks, what the hell happened? Blood agrees, okay, he'll help Constantine, despite telling him he doesn't like him, and he punches him in the mouth. Oh, of course, everyone's got to punch him or yeah, hit yeah, him in yeah. some way or something like that. Yeah. But they make their escape with uh, Carnahan now being driven by uh, Boston Brain. But, yeah. They get past the security at Carnahan's penthouse suite, and they find the room and the safe. And this is like Weekend at Bernie sort of style. Well, by, by this point, because he said, I can't really control dead bodies. He calls them crampers. Yep. Um, by this point, he, he, they've got out of his body and they just cut off his hand. Oh, so he's not even... Okay. Yeah, so yeah, they've, taken, they've yeah. taken his severed hand to the safe. Constantine, he tries a stiff index finger. He presses it into the digital fingerprint reader. But nothing. Uh-uh. Presses harder. He tries another finger. Nothing. Another finger. Eden. They've taken the wrong hand. The hand. I was going to say, <laughs> is, 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 uh, yeah, is they've taken hand. the wrong hand. It's... Luckily, Zatanna appears oh, behind up. them. And she'll help as long as she can see her father again. Zatanna, she performs a scanning spell. A neon blue flame materializes. The pair combine their magic to maintain the spell. And suddenly the books of magic fall through the safe with a heavy thud on the floor. They all wearily approach one of the books, and Jason reads the front. It's cuneiform, written during Jesus' time on Earth. These are ancient books. And suddenly, Woodrow appears. He speaks in a deep alien voice. I'll make a deal with you all. Join me. Watch civilization burn. A tall, bright marijuana stalk starts to violently sway from a room within the penthouse. The cannabis plant moves together with purpose, intertwining, weaving into a giant cannabis creature. What? <laughs> this is a this is anti-drug, this film. They're going to beat up a cannabis plant. It is now that Woodrow declares himself to be the Floronic Man. <laughs> <laughs> it describes him as... A horrifying sight. 11 feet tall, stark naked, mildew and diseased bark for skin, spotted with rot, dead brown leaves for hair, centipedes and beetles and cockroaches crawl all through his body. His eyes are glowing red and pulsing like a heartbeat. The Floronic Man. The Floronic Man. I had to ask. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I was curious. So the Floronic Man is a bit of a deep cut. Obviously, has its ties into some classic kind of Swamp Thing tales. Yeah. How was that decided upon as the main big bad of the script? I think I think it had everything to do with Swamp Thing. I think it just it it was a way of bringing Swamp Thing into the movie and um and 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 being kind of the dark funhouse mirror version of Swamp Thing, right? Um, I think that was I think that's why philosophically, I think mm-hmm. that's what what. Uh, Guillermo wanted to tell tell that story, uh, but the, actually, if I remember correctly, the Florent Man was more of a, a minion of Anton Arcane. Right. But we got rid of uh, Anton, uh, and Floronic became the guy. The guy. The guy. The guy. There you go. So yeah, the Floronic Man, real DC character. Okay, great. And he is a Swamp Thing villain generally. Yep. He's the he's the anti. But it's a fu- it's a funny name. It's a funny. Name. <laughs> it's a very funny. Name. We can't we can't deny it's a funny name. The team they do battle with Clarion and the Floronic Man, and before they end up escaping out of the penthouse into the hallway, they make their way down the hall towards the elevator. The penthouse door comes crashing down. The hall is filled with all kinds of creatures, big and small, moving fast after them. Zatanna attempts a door close spell, no avail. As potted ferns start intertwining purposely, becoming one huge fawn, mutating again into the Floronic Man. So he's like transporting oh, everywhere. through plants. And he's stoned as well. And he's, he's out yes. of his, he's baked. <laughs> he's baked. <laughs> and he comes out and he goes... That's why he's so slow. And he, went, he goes, 
anyone got some chips? <laughs> <laughs> so he's now renewed in the hallway and he's galloping towards the closing doors of the elevator. His red, red eyes are bulging, the hall shaking with each step. A crew takes a step back and suddenly Dead Man jumps and possesses the body of the Floronic Man. We move oh, inside the Floronic Man's cracked mind and Boston Brand. A tiny red body floats somewhere in the cosmic void in there. The elevator door slides open. Swamp Thing looms before them. Oh, good. Good Swamp Thing reveal. Yeah, Great good. Swamp Thing reveal. I like Ding. it. Ding! Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like it how it's built up yes. to his reveal throughout the I film. I like it. Like it big... seated all of the characters and then they've all appeared in this one sequence. Yeah. Suddenly forming a team. But even like him in the Swamp and the Eye opening yeah. and him and not seeing him at the yeah. start. Like yeah. it's th- You can see the reverence for Swamp Thing. Yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I can also picture the Floronic Man as being such a Guillermo del Toro thing. Oh, yeah. This man that is, that is plant. Plant. He's yeah. got, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah the hands yeah. on his, yeah. So he's, Swamp Thing is standing in front of the elevator. He's a giant humanoid plant elemental, eight feet tall. They, they describe it as soulful orange eyes. Uh, moss and leaves for skin, yeah. rock and bones. Obviously, he's Abby's boyfriend. The monster of the swamp. Constantine is happy to see him. Something in the Floronic Man, they start doing battle. Oh, great. Their clash sends them crashing through, uh, out of the Tower of Apartments, and all the way into Times Square. They're having a big fist fight. Oh, in Times Times Square. Square. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Remember, he was at the New York Diner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this has all been around New York. He's plowing through traffic, knocking over cars, uprooting street lamps. John yells at Jason to turn into Etrigon again. But blood, he refuses. The Floronic Man, he's crawling up Swamp Thing's torso, shredding his chest into grass clippings. Dandelion pollen everywhere. Floronic Man lifts Swamp Thing up into the air, and he snaps his wooden spine with a stick, and he throws him all over the square, tumbling head over heels. Leaves and weeds and moss shreds from all of all of him rain down all over. Swamp Thing just got annihilated. He just got absolutely annihilated. The hulking body dissolving layer by layer until there's nothing left except a single seed that plops into the fountain of water in the center of the square. Constantine tells the others to stand back. <laughs> the water begins to boil, bubbling over, churning. An explosion of green shoots out of the fountain like spears, stabbing the Floronic Man. Yeah. Floronic Man's giant body breaks into chunky pieces. It shrivels and scatters like terrified, scurrying insects. Times Square is a confusion of greenery and rot, and Boston Brand suddenly rises from the heap, bewildered. He floats down, joining Zatanna and Swamp Thing. But Florent Man has exploded and just kind of floated away in there. So they haven't killed Killed him, him, no. But they've defeated him. They've won the battle, but not the war. Oh, very good. Now, this is an interesting scene Mm -hmm. because this is a full battle in Times Square. Yeah. Which is very. We've seen it before with Spider Man and things like that. Now, Gilmero is very he, he likes practical effects. Yeah? Yeah. So in a space I like that. Any, I don't think there's any evidence that he likes practical effects, Eden. Where's one example <laughs> yeah, in his yeah, movies? Yeah. But if you think about it, that's a huge scene then to try and do with yeah. like in Times Square. Yeah, yeah. Are they filming it in Times Square? Is it all going to be CGI? No, like- it'd be filmed in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, 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 good, good. Uh, but he, uh, I think that there's um, – I'm going to use this other analogy, which is the difference between the phrase uh, Jackie Chan does his own stunts and Jackie Chan doesn't have a stuntman. Jackie Chan does his own stunts, but Jackie Chan has a stuntman. Yeah, okay. Because he can't do it over and over and over again. again. I think it's the same with Guillermo del Toro. He loves practical effects and he never uses CG. He does love practical effects, but he will use CG, CG. when it's there. so. It's, I imagine yeah, this okay. must have had to be done. Okay, because it's because right? it's a this is a big set piece. Like this. Oh is yeah, huge. Yeah, 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 huge. Uh, so yeah, they've defeated him for now and they've regrouped and they're now, they're walking down uh, a dark trash strewn alley. Uh, the whole team. The whole team. Yep. Following their reluctant uh, default leader, Constantine. <laughs> and, and he's taking him to a very special place called the Cosmic Bar and we join them now. John conned you into this too, huh? I'm only doing this for Abby. Okay, got it. Just making conversation. I, uh, 
I liked your TV special. Constantine stops before a brick wall, spray painted with the graffiti. Who watches the Watchmen? What is this dreadful place? A private club. Members only. I'm not a member to any club. He pulls out a pair of asymmetrical glasses and slips them on. We're all members here, mate. Peering through Constantine's point of view, we see a dimensional door appear in the wall, a neon sign above blinking, the Oblivion Bar. No one will bother us here. And they got some great sliders. As we move through the interdimensional pub, we pass other familiar DC characters. We see Animal Man, Detective Chimp, and Shade the Changing Man. We find our crew squeezed into a corner booth, leaning over the book of magic laid out before them. Since Jason wouldn't turn into Etzigan, I have no control over him. It's safe to assume Woodrow, or the Moronic Man, has the other book. Which book did we get, then? There is no title. Go ahead and open it. I don't understand. You're the antiquity scholar. You're the magician! We need to know Woodrow's plan, like yesterday. I know his plan. I was locked inside his mind. What did you see? It was... I wanted to stay. Where? In his mind. I was tempted. I... I could have stayed there forever. Tell us, Boston. What spooks a ghost? As Boston talks, we're treated to visions of what he saw. I couldn't see a thing at first. I was surrounded by nothingness. Dread. A cold indifference. I heard a voice. She called to me. We see a woman illuminated in darkness. Madame Xanadu. She sits before a crystal ball. The woman tempted me. She tempted me with a vision of the future. Suddenly we're transported to an old circus. I was human again. Boston and Madame Xanadu walk the grounds. They walk under a banner. The Congress of Freaks. We see various members of the team standing as exhibits. Come see the most astounding aggregation of marvels and monstrosities ever gathered together. We arrive at a puppet theater. The two watch. I was tempted with the vision of the past. As Boston speaks, we see the story play out in an elaborate shadow puppet show. A goddess. Her name was Inanna. Project Inanna. Let him finish. She was in love with a king. The king's name was Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh and his best friend Enkidu. They were the original dynamic duo. Battled monsters, went to hell and back, and conquered worlds. However, the goddess Inanna was jealous of their friendship, and she made them face their most dire foe. Gugulana, the Bull of Heaven. Every step this creature took brought chaos and destruction on Earth. It created a form of rapture, a tear in the cosmic fabric. After Gilgamesh and Enkidu vanquished the bull, its bones were secured in an underground city, a secret necropolis in the east. And with that, I realized this vision of the past was a vision of the future. She begged me to stay with her, tempted me to live as a human with her forever. All I had to do was give up the fight and surrender. But I couldn't. Woodrow intends to sacrifice Abby, using the spells from the Book of Magic, to resurrect Gugulana and destroy civilization. That's his plan. Okay. I mean, that's ridiculous. 
Why Abby? He's drawing you out. Woodrow knows you'll come after Abby, try to save her. He wants you to join him in the destruction of the human world. But if you won't, then he'll destroy you. You're his only real threat. Do you know where the bull is buried? A desert somewhere? I don't know. Which brings us back to... The hell are you doing? I'm just going to Google Books of Magic. See what comes up. Why not? Okay. Well, according to Wikipedia, the Books of Magic don't really exist, but in legend. It says here that... No mere mortal can rightfully claim the books unless one is purest of heart, or the darkest. So, there's that. Well, it's something. Boston, Alec, you're both hell-bent on the revenge, so neither of you are pure of heart. Jason, you're half-demon, so we all know where I stand, and that leaves us with... I am not pure, trust me. Oh, I know, love. We're running out of time, you two. So what am I supposed to do? Okay, we got to break this down, Cambo. But there is law in there. There is a big information dump there. Before we break that down, there are a couple of uh, notable cameos in this scene. Uh, first of all, uh, Madame Xanadu yep. in the original run of Justice League Dark is the person that brought the team together. Correct. Uh, she gets written out when Jeff Lemire takes, takes over the run, yep. but a bit of a shout out to her. Uh, also, Shade the Changing Man was an original member of the Justice League Dark. Uh, when Jeff Lemire took over the comic, he said that Peter Milligan is so tied to the character of Shade. He's like, I don't want to write your character. Oh, it's like, like I, I feel like it's I'm writing someone else's baby. So he he wrote Shade the Changing Man out as well. But he appears here in this. There's actually a few cameos there, uh, mate. Can I just say uh-huh. shout out to Detective Chimp? I asked Michael about all these cameos. Here's yeah. what he had to say. I think I included everybody that I liked. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure had we gone further down the road, with uh, there'd have been issues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with who were there, but but that wasn't a fight anyone was worth battling just yet. But yeah, no, I, I I remember. I mean, in the first draft, of the second draft, of the third draft, I know that the characters constantly changed uh, because I would I would find a new character that I really liked, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I gotta gotta throw her in there or something. Uh, <laughs> I I don't remember exactly who's in the second draft, but uh, I know um, the chimp is in there, right? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I think he's in the draft that I read as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, okay. Detective Chimp. Yeah, Detective Chimp so- seemed important. <laughs> chimp, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Do you know? Um, it- do you know Red Letter Media? Yeah. They did a thing where they uh, basically they talked about like monkeys yeah. in comic books and how they went through a period where comic books would sell better if there were monkeys on the front cover. Specifically, I believe gorillas. Gorillas, yeah. yeah. And so you saw this huge influx of Gorilla Grodd and all these like different characters, like Detective Chip and everything yeah. because there was an actual there was they could actually see sales increase. Yeah. There was also around that time a phenomenon of uh, a gorilla being on the cover and not appearing in the comic. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah good. <laughs> yeah, was very a good. gorilla, like Superman fighting a gorilla, didn't <laughs> happen in the comic. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that was yeah, that's a weird phenomenon Amazing. that happened in the comics. But let's break down this other information that we just got from that scene. My brain's about to explode. Namely, what Woodrow is after. Yeah, he wants to resurrect Gugulana. Yeah, who is the bull of heaven, a big ancient god that will rain down destruction on the earth, start anew, make it a, a beautiful... A bull of heaven. A bull. A bull. Yes. yes. It's uh, kind of like, you know, in um, like uh, medieval fantasy, you get like a 
a centaur. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. I'm kind of picturing, picturing it. it. Yeah, okay, cool. Is more like that because they do battle with Gugulana in the, uh, or in the a, Shadow Or a Minotaur? Oh, or, yeah, Minotaur. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Minotaur, sorry. Bullhead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what did I say? A centaur. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignore me. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> a Minotaur. Uh, that's what I'm picturing because, yeah, yeah they, they talk about that's, doing battle with yeah. Yeah. Gugulana. Go, go. But we know that Woodrow. Wants to resurrect Gugulana to destroy the world. world. Yes, he thinks Swamp Thing is the only thing that can stop, stop him, him. But he wants to make, to, make him join. Yep. sacrifice Abby. So yeah, they open the book and they see the coordinates. Uh, Blood actually sends the coordinates to a colleague of his in Iraq because remember they're looking for a desert. Yep, with a bunch, uh, and they they think they know where this might be in ancient Iraq. The team climbs up the stairs into Zatanna's bright pink private jet. Remember, she's word for Oh, wow. Bright pink private yeah, yeah, jet. Yeah. We've got a name emblazoned on the side. Except for Swamp Thing. He says that he'll meet them there. Yeah, because he'll swamp it. Yes. Uh, in the sky, the jet suddenly violently tilts as two swarms of flies oh, snap the, the fly necks of each pilot. Hang breeze. on, the flies snap necks? Yeah. Well, so I guess it's just like a, like a, a, a whole... The clump of flies. Wait, was it one fly was flying <laughs> past at such a rate that the pilot went, what was that? And he <laughs> broke his own neck. <laughs> that made him so curious. <laughs> He's so curious. Um, a greasy blue-black creature, huge beetle-like on the wing of a plane, starts ripping out the electrical guts of the plane. There's all kinds of creatures descending upon the plane. On the, on There's the, something, something on, on the, the wing. wing. Something. Yes. <laughs> It kind of is a reference to that because it says like it's got little razor teeth and John sees it on the wing. Right. <laughs> but they're under attack from all kinds of creatures in the sky. Clearly, Clarion and Woodrow are up to no See, good. See, what you should do, what you should have, you need an invisible jet, Cambo. Yeah, that's that how you get there. Good. That would have been That would have been good. Mate. Blood sees what's going on and he reluctantly transforms into the demon Etrigan again. Does he have a cool saying that he says? Like, you wouldn't like me when I'm a demon or something. No. What's a, what's a very foppish English saying? Oh, oh dear. I, yes. I guess I have to transform now. <laughs> oh, no, it was not a bother. Hold my hat. <laughs> hold my hat. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> Who there? Hold my hat. Hold my hat. <laughs> <laughs> he turns into uh, to Etrigan. Clarion and the demon, they start rolling around, fighting in the cabin. And they describe it like a cage death match. And the plane is going down because of people tumbling around. It's a big fight. And is there people going, ah, ah. There's um, all the sound and the music cuts out. Oh, great. And it's just Tom Cruise screaming yeah, like, like this. <laughs> you thought we couldn't I'm use so that sound effect again? Use that again I'm so glad. Coming back. I, I hope if, I, I encourage people to play bingo with this show. <laughs> There's a few things we like. Our friend Jim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, know, friend the, of the podcast. The bell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we call him Jim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want people to start, and I want the Tom Cruise scream to be on v- there. Speaking yeah. warning can be on there. Yeah. Anyway, so, someone else make that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, big action sequence, and the plane crashes in the desert. Cool scene. Flies away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something also, he, he appears once they've crashed, and he, he, he helps get Clarion away. Uh, but Clarion has now become like more of a monster. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But before he leaves, Clarion steals the map that they had got from the <gasps> book and he, he buzzes away. So they're now trapped in the middle of the desert after a plane crash. With no they're map. beaten. Yeah. They're, they've, been, they've, been, they've crashed. They don't know where the hell they are. They're stranded in the desert. They've got no map and they're at their wits' end. This is a setback. That's all. This is what a setback looks like. And I welcome a bloody setback. I do. I welcome an opportunity to sit down on our goals, dig deep and say to ourselves, yes, I accept this challenge and I sod and raise it because nothing is going to stop us from saving the world. Hoorah. With all due respect, John, piss off. We can't go any further. What do you mean you can't go any further? We're so bloody close. You can't just let the world end. We've all talked about it. You've... When? We all think you should call... No way. Dr. Fate and his crew. This is more their thing. We're just not cut out for this line of work. I mean, look at us. 
You've got a moody vegetable over there who refuses to accept who he is. I'm not moody, am I? There's dead man, a self-pitying ghost who wishes he was human again. Jason's alter ego wants to kill us if it doesn't kill him first. And then there's me. What about you, Z? I could say I'm the little girl lost who's searching for her father. But you and I both know that's not the only reason I'm here. But what I still don't understand, John, what none of us understands, why did you want the book so badly? If the book can make me and Jason and Boston, maybe Alec, whole again, what can it do for you? I don't know what to tell you guys. It's because you're dying, ain't it? Because you... What? He has lung cancer. Don't you, John? John? Tell him. I'm dying. Yeah. Boston's right. No use getting into a bother over it. I reckon I deserve it. All the things I've done. All the bloody lies. Funny story. This cosmic rupture. This whole end of the world scenario. It's... It's my fault. Your father, Z. He knew all about the book. Told me its dangers. Its powers. Where he believed it was located. He didn't tell me one crucial thing, though. How to friggin' use it. The books didn't work for me. No mere mortal can claim the book unless one is purest of heart. Or the darkest, and I'm neither. How did you lose it? That's a whole thing. A long story. But I'll give you the abridged version. Poker game. You still haven't answered my question. What can it do for you? I wanted to bring back your father. I figured, why not, you know? I'm dying anyway. Go out with a bang. Save the world. Get the normies to actually look up to us misfits for a change, you know? Like the costumes. And maybe, just maybe, I could make up for some of the wrongs I've done. The people I've hurt. Your father. You. Boston. Blood. Alec. All of you. Pipe dream, I suppose. Stupid. I'm sorry I got all of you into this mess. I am. I'll send some help. What are you going to do? <sighs> what I've always done best, love. Fly solo. This is in script writing what we call the dark night of the soul. Yes, the lowest point. The lowest point, which yes. obviously means we're coming into Act 3. This is great. But John's dying. You know, whatever you say about the film, mm -hmm. the John Constantine yes. film, Ugh, as, it's known, as it's known, yeah. um, that not, bit not by the, me. <laughs> not by you. But that bit where he is in that, spoiler alert, yeah. where he is, he's got cancer, yeah. and but he's he's... He's done enough to get into heaven. Yeah. And then the devil takes the cancer out of him to keep him alive because he knows he'll probably stuff up again yeah, and he'll go to yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. That is very cool. But him having the cancer, the lung cancer and everything, that's yes. a, 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 a canonical thing from yeah. the Garth Ennis run of Hellblazer is uh, he's, he's constant dealing with he's going to die and he doesn't know where he's going to go. And yes. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hinted at this obviously that uh, Boston knows about this because he was in, inside him, yeah, inside yeah, him, yeah so he felt it. the cancer. So do you know this? I I, I really love. I'm really liking the. I know we talk like the the history of yeah. all the characters and how they interact with each other, and there, there feels to be 
a world yes. that they've lived we, in. We talked about this a bit when we did the Andrew Kevin Walker Batman vs Superman. Yeah. There's just this implied history. Yeah. They never really go into it too much. But, but they've got enough there yeah. to make you feel. And when you think about, like, you think about what Suicide Squad is, where yeah. it's, oh, yeah, we throw all these people together yeah. and then they're, them interacting will be what's fun. Yeah. No, what's fun is this history of how they all relate to each other and all yeah. this sort of stuff. It just feels, yeah, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like the, the difference between this where the the histories are hinted at enough that you understand the, the stakes, mm. but you're intrigued and you want to know more, more about the yeah. history and you care about how the characters interact with each other. Yeah. Is, yeah, what was maybe missing from a... I won't name it, but a certain other superhero movie that came out not long after <laughs> Batman vs Superman. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, but you can. I feel like you can really picture that scene. Them sitting around. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So we actually now get like kind of a small little like interlude, I guess, where Constantine wanders off into the desert. He's wandering. He's he's kind of kind of like close to death, dehydrated, walking through the desert, and he he comes upon a jeep in the distance. Can it be? He wanders over and he meets a man called Abus, Jason Blood's contact in Iraq. Oh. He doesn't know whether it's a mirage of us, but it is actually him. The two men drive off only to be stopped at a military stop point. Abus says, this is not good. We shouldn't be out here. John says, don't worry, I'll get us out of here. And he pulls out the orb <laughs> talisman yeah, again. It, yeah. No good. No, this is out. He puts it back. The two actually end up in prison for a sh- few short scenes in this like Iraqi prison. Oh, what? Until like he thinks, oh, like how, how am I going to get out of here? I need to do an escape plan. Until suddenly one of the guards says, well, they're not meant to be released. And there's one of the guards is acting a bit weird. Boston has taken over one oh, of the guards good. and the Justice League Dark have mounted a rescue. It's attempt. like a jailbreak. Yes. So the two end up, so Boston drives one of the prison guards into town, uses a magic trick to get their chains away and open the doors and they get out. And a good little opportunity for everyone to use their powers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Abus actually leaves them to the ruins of Ur. It's half excavated from a living rock. And this is where they think Gugulana is. A living rock? The ruins of Ur, Ur is a, like a town. Oh, okay, yep. So, I guess Living Rock is like you know, the buildings that are carved like carved into, like Petra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's an ancient like village that's long since abandoned. Yeah, the they'd, ruins. They'd of probably film it at Petra. Yeah, because that's yeah. where it's. Or um, probably Toronto. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, Petra, Toronto. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah. 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 Uh, Blood. Uh, Jason Blood tells them that this was once the cradle of civilization. A swarm of flies appear, oh, transforming no. into the shape of a blue boy. Clarion. The Floronic Man also appears, carrying a bloody hand sign. He's howling an ancient incantation, a demonic ritual. He stands like Moses on the mount, and behind him is Abby, tied to a stake. She's unconscious. The palms of her hands have been slashed, and they're dripping blood. Boston takes off his ghostly body soaring across the site impossibly fast and he possesses the body of Abby. Her eyes pop open, blinking. Boston breaks free of the ropes and he knocks the floronic man on his back, two-fisted punch. The titanic-sized bones shift from the excavation site. They tremble, beginning to join together. Something's happening underneath the ground now. Zatanna fires a lightning flash that emits from her palm an electric blue vein and she electrocutes the floronic man. Another and another. Woodrow vibrates violently, frozen, eyes bulging as he starts laughing an awful, terrible laugh. It's too late. You can't stop what is done. Boston, in possession of Abby, slams floronic man's head into a mush but his body regenerates instantly and powerfully. Something attacks, throwing a hardwood disc of tree bark at the Floronic Man. Floronic Man counterattacks, throwing a handful of red seeds at something. They open in midair and tendrils wildly grow fast, growing big veins and fly traps, crushing down on Something's head, lifting his body up into the air. But the giant bones beneath the ground begin to articulate to completion. Sinew and muscle form mammoth shapes of a giant beast. Everyone pauses in mid-battle for a suspended moment. And then it says, Behold, Google Eye. Oh, 
was. Comes Which is, out, yeah. Again, let's take this back to our movie report on At the Mountains of Madness. This is similar to similar when moment. Cthulhu yeah. turns comes up out. in yeah. the third act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that big, Very like... Very similar. Whoa. Moment, yeah. The creature rises. Bones breaking, its heavy body lurching upwards. Sand and dirt falling off its back. Thick muscles rolling. The beast pulls itself up into the city above. So it's starting to climb out of the sunken city that they've excavated. Wow. In, going so it's huge. Toward, yeah, it's huge. This actually reminds me a bit of the ending of Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, with... Um yeah, yeah. When they did both of the. There's like the big ancient gods, gods. laying waste yeah. to the Middle Eastern city. That's yeah. pretty much what's happening here. Everything is starting to crush. Uh, there's like rot and death and plague spreading like a sonic wave through Baghdad, destroying anything and anyone that lives and breathes in its path. Constantine figures, you know what? All of this plant life, it's consuming a lot of oxygen. That's flammable. He takes out his Zippo. He sparks it. Boom! The world is engulfed in flame. The world. The, 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 yeah. Their world. Their world. Gugulana rears on its hind legs, raging, a torch of flame, screaming, waving its arms and kicking like a rodeo bull. Clarion in flames too. Swamp Thing also in flames, his eyes wide and confused and scared, falling about. A wildfire blazing across the forest of his mountainous body, his skin blowing away in sheets of ash. The gang all look on helplessly. So this is essentially like wiped out everyone. Everyone, yeah. But that includes Swamp, Swamp Thing. Thing. Hold mate. It's that snowing grey ash from a nearby blizzard of Swamp Thing's essence and Clarion and Gugulana and Woodrue. Sprinkling everywhere in the desert wind. Abby is desperately digging through the piles of ash. All we need is one seed, just one seed, the tiniest little seed. She finds a tiny one, but water. She needs water. But where do you find it in the desert? In the scorched desert. Seeds in her hand. She stands up, doesn't know what to do. Seed drops into the sand. She's on her knees, doesn't know what to do. Where, Eden, where would she get a single drop of water? A single tear, can A single tear does appear. And drops down into the seed. Classic. It's a classic. (laughs) Uh, It falls in an elongated drop and hits the tiny seed. Super slow-mo, no doubt. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, like, the sound design would cut out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It grows and grows and grows. Alec Holden, the swamp thing, standing there before Abby again. And they embrace. Jason Blood is on his knees, exhausted. and Doesn't... Where's John? No one's seen John. They turn to a scorched stain on the ground. And his zippo lies there. A scattering of cigarette butts. But nothing more. Zatanna goes over to the Zippo. She picks up and snaps it open. Boston thinks that maybe he got away. Yeah, maybe, they think. They snap the Zippo closed. The books of magic are now in a pile, crushed to dust, blackened and burned as they float away in the wind, lost forever. We cut away now to the desert. Constantine stumbles out of the original plane crash that they were in. It's abandoned now. His face covered in white sand. He stands uneasily. He reaches into his trench coat. He yanks out the orb talisman. The one that never worked. Everybody worked. (laughs) It finally got him out of there. I think think talismans work of the rule of three. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like comedy. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. He lifts his head and he shields his eyes. He's in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by endless miles and miles of white-hot dunes falling and rising into the vanishing point. He starts walking. Yeah. We now cut to six months later. Rain in the city. Uh, The storm lashes down as a young thief is racing through an alley, terrified. He's being chased by a 90-year-old man. Wait, this is no 90-year-old man. This is Boston Brand, and he's still searching for his killer. The man with the hook. Who is he? He doesn't know who he is. Oh, 
I know where to find him. Blondie, you thought you were dead. I've been dying for so long, mate. I've grown quite accustomed to it. I'm getting the band back together. And you're my first stop. Jesus, John. Are you kidding me? Why should I trust you again? You shouldn't. But I made you all a promise, mate. And I always keep me promises. Let's go. This is how the film comes to a close. Is that the end? That's the end. John oh, is back and he wants to get the team back together to go on more adventures, find Boston's murder and such. Well, the, well, it, the cool thing about it is you could see, you could do a whole other film where it's just like, okay, we've got to find the murderer, we've got to find um, the father, we've yep. got to find, like, or exercise the demon. Yep. Like, they've all got their little thing that yeah. they could go off and do. Yeah. yeah. you got to cure John's cancer. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, that's That's the story. What do you think of it? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's isn't pretty it? bloody good. So what I think I like this about this was made. This, hang on, year. What, what year are we talking? The script. Yeah. Uh it's from around twenty fourteen. Yeah, I think. And when was Suicide Squad? Around the same time. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> annoying, isn't it, Cambo? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so much better. Actually, that might this might be even slightly earlier than twenty fourteen. Come to think of it. Yeah. But um, because it was around the beginning of the DC, DC yeah. period. Man of Steel was 2013, let's say it's probably being worked on just before that. What I like about this is the story is pretty straightforward. Yep. Half the movie is just the team slowly getting together. Get it. yep. But it's always interesting. Yeah, there's always an angle the, to it. It's not too complicated. They're not throwing them. Like Batman vs Superman is like six movies. <laughs> crammed, crammed into one. Crammed yeah, into one. correct. So I was curious about the idea of making it quite a simple story. And I asked Michael about this. Yeah, I, yeah. If my memory was it was just it's just to tell the story and not to get too hung up on the origin tale of everything. I mean, I think the way that it was structured, which was, you know, it was a it was a, it's basically a heist movie, right? And he has to go get the tea. So anytime, so Constantine goes and he goes and gathers up. He's pulling, the, getting the band back together, and he get everywhere he goes. He he's when he when he's we are introduced to these new characters and they're kind of like in the middle of their origin story. So we get a sense of like, oh, okay, this is who they are, what this is what they're about. And he and then and then we see the glimpse of that and then he re recruits them and they, you know, jump on reluctantly and they move on to the next character. I, I think it works so well, especially for a world like this, it's pretty dense and complicated and obscure and you're throwing a lot of Weird characters. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. That's our like, advice to Michael. Just keep, keep, it, keep it simple. No, I th Michael just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And I think what's great, yeah, you have like reference Doctor Fate and reference this stuff, and the the world feels feels uh, the world feels lived in. Yeah. In that sense, that it's part of this bigger thing, but it's also very sort of its own story at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think it's good. I think it's I, great. I think it's good. But we need to answer what happened. Yes, yes, Cambo. What, what happened? happened? Look, I don't know, but I do know someone that does. At a certain point, Garwin was no longer involved. Um, so because we got to the second draft and the studio wanted to greenlight the movie. Um, and at that point, there was no, um, we didn't, again, we didn't have a producer and they brought a producer on. Uh, it was Scott Rudin at the time, which was unique because Scott Rudin doesn't normally get involved with these types of projects, DC, Marvel, you know. But uh, but he wanted to get involved with this, and so he became the producer. And it didn't happen. Um, now, as a screenwriter, I'm I'm. I'm privy to only some conversation. So I, I don't know exactly what went down. What I was told is that Guillermo uh, wanted to make the movie, but he wanted to make a sequel to Pacific Rim first, which obviously didn't happen. He just produced that movie. I went on to do Shape of Water uh, with much success. Yeah, not a bad consolation. Not, not a bad consolation. <laughs> um, and I think the studio was impatient and didn't want to wait. 
Uh, they wanted to make they wanted to make it immediately, and um, and they were kind of at an impasse, and and that's what happened. It, it, there's a sense of frustration. Oh man! So it's not even because at the end of the day, they wanted to make it. Yeah, they just got impatient. It's one of those things that like they 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 love this idea. And they wanted to rush it, and by doing that, delayed it several times. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, the man. opposite. It would have just been quicker to let him go make a film and come, come back, back to, to it, it, and you would have had it. Oh, that's so. That's more frustrating. So this project actually did continue to live on. Yep. And there's a couple of other iterations. So Del Toro ended up leaving the project in summer 2015. Yeah, okay. that's when he was officially. No longer involved, no longer directing it, at least. And then it was announced that Doug Lyman was later to inherit the uh, helming the project, and Guillermo was still attached as a producer. Yeah. And it was clear that a few years later that this version of the movie, there wasn't going to make it to the big screen either. So Doug Lyman is very much a, what I'd call like a journeyman director. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's directed like uh, you know uh, Edge of Tomorrow, and um, I think he did the first Born movie, Born Identity. Oh, yeah. He just he's just a solid director. Yeah, he doesn't you, you never watch a movie and go this is a Doug Lyman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing really stands. But, out, but I totally see why they got Doug Lyman. But he in, instead ended up leaving in 2017 to direct the movie Chaos Walking. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, big old, but that, big old flop. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> do, that didn't do well at all. No, 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 no. There was, however, some concept art developed for Doug Lyman's version of the film, oh. including pictures of uh, Clarion meeting John in a very inappropriate way. Oh, you'll see that on our socials. Oh. And uh, the gang meeting Swamp Thing, who in the concept art is like like really, really tall. We'll post all of this on our socials. Right. Joseph Kahn. A, a young filmmaker also pitched his idea for the movie to the studio. And he actually created character sheets for this. And he even went into some casting of who he thought. Oh, uh, we'd would, love would be casting good. here at Kids Movie Report. We'd love casting. So, some of the people that he had suggested in his concept was Dan Stevens for Constantine. Oh. Uh, British actor, yep. handsome McGee type. Um, and he had drawn up some concept art of Dan as oh, Constantine. So it's pretty good. Yeah, you, people will be able to see these if you yeah, watch YouTube. Look yeah. They'll be on the screen. They'll be on our socials. But I can totally see. I actually think Dan Stevens would be a, a, a great yeah. Constantine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, he also had a concept for uh, Swamp Thing that they designed that looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. It, it looks like Swamp Thing ripped from the pages. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, also a... Uh, uh, a concept for Zatanna, I'm a bit more split on. He thought maybe Natalie Dormer from oh, Game of Thrones as okay. Zatanna. This is where I see the um, the Suicide Squad aesthetic start oh, to creep no. just a little bit. Tell me what you think of this design and maybe explain it to people. Oh, what? So it's a goth chick. Yeah. It's a goth rocker chick. Yeah. Probably with some badass music. Is paint. she wearing a tuxedo jacket? No. And she doesn't even have a top hat, Cambo. No, no. What's she wearing instead of a tuxedo jacket? Uh, she's wearing a Guns N' Roses t shirt. With a cool leather jacket over the <laughs> wow. top. Wow. Yeah. No. And ripped jeans. And no ripped doubt. jeans. Yeah. Don't love that one as much. Um, he had a concept for Dead Man. Oh, um, that's. Uh, yeah, because Dead Man's kind of like a we we never really explained this, but he's like a red and white ghostly. Yeah, figure. and he's got the giant D on him. He does have the yeah. giant D on him. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, he had a concept for the Floronic Man, which is kind of like a big, oh yeah, uh, anapromorphic. Yeah, uh, that looks a bit generic. It does look a little bit guy. generic. And uh, lastly, I actually really like this. He had a concept for Jason Blood, which is the actor Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh, cool. Love that yeah, idea. Yeah, that's cool. Chiwetel Ejiofor is a, is a snooty Englishman, which yeah, you know, he is in real life. That's good. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he had said that he pitched all of this to the studio, but the studio ended up passing on it. Uh, but he, he then put all of his concept online. Online, yeah, so, great. Yeah, you'll be able to see that on the socials. Done then there. At this point now, it's pretty clear that this movie is probably not going to happen. So what year are we at now? This year is like 2020. recent. Oh, wow. This is super recent. At the start of the year 2020, as part of a pact made between Bad Robot Productions and Warner Brothers, it was announced that J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot would oversee a whole slew of interconnected movies and TV shows headlined by the Justice League Dark characters. 
The plan was for all of these projects to eventually culminate into a proper Justice League Dark production, much like how the Marvel Cinematic Universe worked its way up to the first it's Avengers. Good, yeah. The initial plan was for a TV show based on Constantine and a Madame Xanadu. And while the movie headlined by Zatanna was actually uh, going to be penned by Emerald Fennell, the writer and director of Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so she, she signed on to write the Zatanna solo film. However, as the years went on, there was no further development on any of these projects. And it was eventually revealed that Warner Brothers had opted just to ditch the production and the partnership with Bad Robot entirely. Reports well, they saw are, they saw Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, probably. obviously. Yeah. Well, now this is after that. This is 2020. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker I mean. was 2019. Yeah, they saw. Rise but of they Skywalker. signed the deal after Rise of Skywalker. But they didn't watch Rise oh, of right. Skywalker yeah, 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 until yeah. just before. This explains yeah, it. This yeah. explains <laughs> it. It it is kind of um, rumored that JJ made out like a bandit on this deal. Oh, signed a huge deal, deal. produced nothing, nothing. <laughs> and then walked away. Just cash checks. Yeah. In September 2022, now. It was announced that Keanu Reeves and Francis Lawrence would actually Hang make... On, this is like last year, Campo. Yeah, they instead would make a sequel to their 2005 movie, Constantine. Do you remember this news? It came I out I heard that they, that they were talking about... This is before this James is, Gunn took over and everything. Yes. They said, this oh... Is, we're going to make Constantine 2. Henry Cavill's back as Superman. Yeah, this what is do when, you want? We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing fair, it. Just, any, just write in and we'll do it. Any fan requests. However, James Gunn then took over as the head of DC and there's been no reports of any of this since. Reeves was actually asked about this on a press tour for John Wick 4 and he said, this is his quote, we're trying, but I don't know if it's going to (laughs) happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, Keanu. It's a shame. This is a great project. I'd love to see this. It's, I've, mate, it, fans would go nuts for it. Seeing it would be second only to hearing a great audio adaption <laughs> of this, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> but we come to the point that we come to oh every God. single report. We have to ask the question, would this film have been any good? Would you like to see it? I think the fact that I got a back tattoo that said the real magic was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. I think that says that I'm a pretty big fan of this film. I, th- I like it. I think it's great. Well, we have come to the end of our cancelled movie report all about Guillermo del Toro's Justice League Dark Project. We really hope that you enjoyed this report and we would love it if you would subscribe. Be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen. That really helps us. Speaking of help, it would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star review. That is really how we actually find new listeners. Eden, if you were going to leave a five-star review, what kind of five-star review would you leave? Just something along the lines that said something like, genuinely a delightful listen. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, just amazing fun. And then I'd go on to say, yeah. I'm rarely a laugh out loud kind of person, as you know. Yeah. Um, but this has me laughing along with the presenters throughout all my car rides. A joyous listen. Great stuff. That was from J. Cole 17. Oh, your screen name. Yeah, J. Cole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you, J. Cole. Yeah, That's you can fantastic. leave your review in the app right now and that really helps us. If you have enjoyed this, maybe consider subscribing to our Patreon. That's actually where you're going to hear the entire uncut interview between me and Michael Gillio. It goes for about 35, 40 minutes altogether. There's some really interesting stuff that didn't even make this cut that you'll find in there. Can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. Well, uh, sign up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a super donor. We also have an extra bonus podcast in there called Casting Calls as well. That's a lot of fun. We love some good casting. What did you think of this movie? And did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all of the socials. And if there's a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about, like people did with this one, let us know about it. You can fill out a form that's in the episode description alerting us to a project and we might just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. We need to thank Michael Gillio so much. So much. For joining Amazing. our dumb show. It's such a, it's a, it's like to spend that time to have yeah. a legitimate conversation about a film that never got made. And I, I sometimes I wonder, like, 
someone might be like, oh, can we interview you about a script? But I was getting into like the nitty gritty of this script. Being like, why did you I, choose this specific yeah, character? Yeah. What is this name referencing? <laughs> why, why did you put Detective Chimp in here? Like all the big questions. Kembo. And he answered them. I love it. Good I just, just 10 points for that. 10 points that out is of fantastic. nine. <laughs> yeah, I know. He got an extra point. We also need to thank our amazing voice cast, also so awarded 10 points each. Uh, Dom Steele was Constantine. So good. Jay Zeta was Boston Brand. Danny Silla was Zatanna. Michael Hahn was Swamp Thing. And Peter Broughton was Jason Blood. I'm Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited these episodes of Cancelled Movie Reports. And Eden Porter was my co-host too. Cambo, hold my hat. <laughs> oh, no! He's just <laughs> We both produced the show. <laughs> Make sure you're listening next week because we're talking about a real oddity. And excitingly, our friend Alexi Toliopoulos will be back to help us break it down. Do you think the name Jack Black and the character <laughs> Green Latin have anything in common? You'd be surprised. Yes, we're talking about a very weird Green Latin project that almost happened. If you want a little sneak peek, here's a little preview. Wait a minute. The costume. This is, this is the green guy. Green Hornet. Green Lantern. Lantern! Wait. You're saying I'm a Green Lantern? Stop it. That's mind-blowing. This is like the eighth most famous superhero. But until then, take care.